0: 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM
1: 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Time for our Australia report with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist. Welcome back to the show, Jason. How are you?
0: I'm well. Good to speak to you and the listeners once again, Adrian.
1: The situation in Australia, it looks like it's going from bad to worse. The whole of New South Wales in lockdown, in addition to Melbourne and Canberra, Jason, what is happening?
0: Isn't it a bad picture in how things change so quickly? You know, just a few short months ago, Australia was the envy of the world with its coronavirus response and the lack of uh, community transmission. But now we're a basket case when it comes to the world. New South Wales is recording between four and five hundred new local COVID-19 cases per day. It's two months into a lockdown. Melbourne is also in lockdown and they're getting between 20 and 30 cases per day. Canberra is also uh, the, the nation's capital, also not in a good spot. And there's no end in sight, particularly for my old hometown of Sydney, with case numbers going up and up and up. And Melbourne's not looking too good either. Melbourne's had more than 200 days in lockdown since this began last year.
1: And when a situation like this comes about, you, of course, turn to the vaccine rollout uh, with the Pfizer, AstraZeneca. Jason, has it improved? Is it still as bad as it was a few weeks ago? What's happening?
0: We've seen a vast improvement in our vaccination rollout. You know, when I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago, we were very much uh, behind the eight ball. But uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks, we are picking things up. And we are up to now 25% of the population, the eligible population is now fully vaccinated. And around 50%, just under 50% has had its first dose. And earlier this week, we saw 1 million doses of Pfizer landing in Australia, not from the US, not from the UK, but from Poland. Couldn't you believe it? So that's uh, come. We had actually a bit of a disappointing response from the US because Scott Morrison, the Australian prime minister, had asked the US for you know some help with uh, coronavirus vaccines, didn't get that help. So Poland, we saw the polls. Of course, there are lots of uh, Australian people of Polish descent, particularly when I was a kid, So now we're seeing these vaccines rolled out, particularly in Sydney where the Olympic Stadium is becoming a vaccination hub and the primary of New South Wales Gladys Berejiklian is urging people aged between 20 and 39 to get vaccinated, particularly in Sydney's worst hit local government areas, you know, in the southwest of the city. Now, these are areas, Adrian, that are very multicultural. English isn't the first language. So we are seeing a lot of uh, outbreak in these parts of Sydney, not the most uh, salubrious or the richest parts of Sydney. So this has become a priority for the Premier of New South Wales, Gladys Berejiklian. Also, we're seeing, you know, remote areas of New South Wales where the aborigines are that's a, a big concern for us uh, and this is something that we haven't seen before in the coronavirus pandemic is remote areas of new south wales being locked down and it is causing chaos across the country but the good news is that the response to the vaccine rollout now is a lot better and we are aiming to get between 70 And 80% of all eligible Australians vaccinated by the end of the year, by November or December at the very latest.
1: Music to your ears, I'm sure when you hear uh, the vaccination rollout will be improving significantly. Jason, just a bit on Canberra. They detected one case last week and Canberra completely locked down for a while. And, uh, you know, this is the pattern we're sensing with the different Australian states as well. Once they record one, two cases, everything goes on lockdown but how has this situation gotten so out of control for a country that was the gold standard as you mentioned earlier
0: I think it's a combination of things. I think our politicians didn't send out the right messages earlier in the year when our uh, cases were very low. They were saying it's kind of take your time getting vaccinated, everything's good. Then we saw the Delta variant come to Australia from India and other countries, and there were these breaches in hotel quarantine. And before you know it, we have a major problem across Australia. So I think it's a combination of factors. And, you know, even you talk about Canberra. I was just talking to a friend of mine, actually, that I knew from Sydney where I was growing up. And he owns a record store in canberra and he's really down in the dumps you know he's a small business owner and he can't get out to the shop and, and you know sell his records So, you know, it's tough for him. It's tough for small business owners. No one thought that Canberra, the nation's capital, which is roughly halfway between Sydney and Melbourne, would be affected in this way. I've got other friends, you know, who have moved down there from Queensland, uh, you know, in the last few months. So they're stuck in Canberra. I've got cousins there. So we have to feel for our friends and relatives in parts of Australia that are very much hit by coronavirus. You know, where I'm speaking to you in Brisbane, things are pretty good here. You know, we don't have a lockdown. We had a lockdown for about a week, a couple of weeks back. It's a beautiful, sunny day. You know, people are out exercising and, uh, you know, life goes on pretty much as normal here, but with a mask mandate and with the knowledge that things could change very, very soon.
1: Yeah, the situation in Australia is changing dramatically every day and uh, certainly need to keep our eyes out for the situation as it develops. Of course, all the attention is going to be turning uh, to one individual, a certain man, Scott Morrison, the prime minister. Now, he says zero COVID-19 cases, not realistic. He was contradicting uh, Western Australia Premier Mark McGowan, also Scott Morrison's popularity uh, falling ahead of the federal election uh, by May 2022. You know, what's happening with the Prime Minister?
0: Well, look, firstly about Western Australia, a lot of Singaporeans have connections to Perth because it's the closest major city in Australia to Singapore. And uh, you know Mark McGowan has rightfully closed the borders, and he says that he wants to pursue a policy of zero COVID-19 cases in Western Australia to to open the border. But uh, Scott Morrison has been uh, appearing in the media this week saying that's not just possible, and you know we can't get zero community transmission in COVID-19. He said that this 80% vaccination rate is more realistic, and then we can treat coronavirus like the flu. So there is this kind of rift between you know some of the premiers. And uh, you know of states, which more or less manages a lot of the coronavirus response, and the prime minister. And as a result, we've seen the popularity of um, Scott Morrison plunge. He's still just ahead, but you know he's from the more conservative Liberal National Party. They do retain a 53 to 47 lead in the latest news poll, but. Popularity of Scott Morrison has fallen from a high of 85% in April 2020, that was just as the pandemic was uh, getting a grip on Australia, to just 48% in the latest survey conducted earlier this month in August. So he's gone from 85% to 48%, and uh, probably the thing that uh, helps him the most is that the alternative, um, you know, Albanese from the uh, Labor Party, Anthony Albanese, he isn't that popular either. However, We must have a general election in australia before may of 2022 so it's pretty tricky for the liberal national party the ruling party to know when to hold that election given that they really are on the nose at the moment and scott morrison appearing in the media and trying to play things down what he's saying is that oh look the delta variant has changed everything up and that's why we were kind of relaxed before we didn't know this was coming so 49% claim to be unhappy with Mr. Morrison's management of the pandemic, which is about half. That's not good. And that's definitely something for him to think about as we get closer to that uh, very important federal election. Coming up, in the next, I guess, six months or so.
1: Scott Morrison, what a character. But of course, the COVID-19 pandemic has put a lot more pressure on him uh, than he already had. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist. Jason, sticking with this whole COVID-19 situation in Australia, chaos at the Queensland, New South Wales border, uh, we're understanding tougher restrictions. Now, how is this going to affect the population over there?
0: Well, you know, a few weeks ago, you might remember, I was talking about how my family, we travelled down to the border at the Gold Coast between Queensland and New South Wales. And at that time, the coronavirus outbreak wasn't so bad. And I, I think I actually told you about looking over the street into New South Wales. That's the twin towns of Coolangatta on the Queensland side, the southern end of the Gold Coast, and Tweed Heads, the most northern end of New South Wales. And this is literally two towns stuck together. You know, it'd be like saying, You know you between topio and brattle you know it's like that it's right together so it's uh really getting very very tough for people who live in the border community because of the tougher restrictions in the state of new south wales the new south wales is complete lockdown and that means to cross over the road literally within the town from new south wales to queensland is proving troublesome and every single car now is checked by police because of the fear of coronavirus spreading into the sunshine state of Queensland. And that's thrown families into disarray, it's thrown businesses in disarray. So just think, you know, in Singapore terms, you live in Topayo and you're working in Brattle and you can't travel between the two because, uh, you know, let's say you're a school teacher, you're not allowed. Uh, families, you know, there was uh, someone on, on uh, breakfast television today and, you know, it's a split family. His Uh, The the guy is in Queensland and the woman is in New South Wales and they have two kids and, you know, they split up. But uh, the kids are shared between the two parents and, you know, the woman was trying to drive over to pick up her kids and and she couldn't. So this is the sort of thing that's going on now kind of right throughout society, just an hour south of where I am in Brisbane. It's very, very challenging. And the authorities, whether it's in New South Wales and Queensland, they're not always on the same page about what the rules are.
1: I mean, the description that you mentioned between Bridal and topia will never make it to work, actually. So... Uh... A you know, very different and difficult time for individuals out there. Of course, our thoughts go out to them. Well, elsewhere, Jason, just as the COVID 19 situation continues to worsen over in Australia, another sort of unnatural attack, to say the least. Uh, a magpie bird uh, has been in the news in Brisbane. Tell us a little bit more about what this bird got up
0: to. Yeah, this is a really sad story, Adrian, and some of your listeners who have uh, lived in Australia, particularly in southeast Queensland, they'll know that in spring, which we're currently in, birds are very defensive, you know, they swoop down and try and protect their nests, and the magpie, which is a black and white bird, very, very common in Australia attacked a a young mother who was holding a baby girl just a couple of weeks ago in in Brisbane. And she, this lady, uh, sadly fell as she ducked under the bird. She tripped and the baby girl uh, was killed in a freak accident. She was rushed to Queensland children's hospital with serious injuries, but later died. And this was really, really sad. But now with this border problem that I'm talking about, the relatives of this little girl cannot come up to Queensland and participate in the funeral because of the strict uh, border rules between Queensland and New South Wales. So this is one of the saddest stories that we've had right throughout this, you know, whole pandemic That this freak accident has happened. And again, These birds are very, very aggressive. I cycle, as many of your listeners know, but this time of year, I tend not to cycle because when you are on your bike, these birds are swooping down. Even if you're on the road, not necessarily in a park, they'll swoop down and they'll peck your ears, and it really is a bit uh, risky. It goes on for about six to eight weeks, but this was a very sad story that came out over the last few days. More than $130,000 has been raised, by the way, for this little girl's parents. Her name is Mia. Mia. And her uh, parents are, are very grateful for the outpouring of love and, and public support that they've got from this freak accident.
1: Tragic, to say the least. And rightly, as you mentioned, they're a freak accident. Devastating for that family as well. Well, the news doesn't get any better. Former Wallaby Tote Kefu, he's fighting for his life after being attacked in his Brisbane home. Now, being attacked is it's
0: terrible, but at your
1: own home, it's even worse.
0: Yeah, this was a home invasion, and Tote Kefu was a much decorated number eight. If you're a rugby fan in Singapore, you would have heard of him. He's played in World Cups. So he actually scored a famous try when Australia beat the All Blacks about 20 years ago. But he was actually at home in Cooparoo in Brisbane South uh, earlier this week. And three members of his family were injured in this attack. And I understand it was a, a kind of a stabbing. Four people rushed to Princess Alexandra Hospital. and she, and. she Toto Kefu sustained an abdominal wound while a man in his 20s suffered lacerations to his abdomen and back. A woman in her 40s received an arm injury and a teenage girl sustained a hand injury. So we're still trying to find out what exactly happened. But it was uh, something in the middle of the night. People stormed into the house and they were stabbing Uh, Tote Kefu and his family members so this is a big shock for the Queensland and Australian rugby community and and Tote Kefu he played 60 tests for Australia in a seven-year international career he's now 47 years of age and he's been coaching the Tongan national rugby side recently he is of Tongan heritage but uh, very much a proud Queenslander so we're all hoping that Tote Kefu can pull through this but this is something you don't want to hear about on the news.
1: Yeah, you certainly don't want to hear something like this on the news. Just devastating to be attacked in your own home. Jason, finally, before I let you go, sticking with rugby, the Wallabies blew a big chance against the All Blacks to lose the Bledslow Cup for the 19th straight time, beaten 57-22 to at Auckland. Surprised?
0: Not surprised, but this could have been a much different story. You look at that uh, scoreline, 57 to 22. It looks like a thrashing. It was in the end. But earlier on, Australia had a really good chance because they went to halftime down 21-15. And at the start of the second half, there was a yellow card for one of the All Blacks players. So Australia had reduced the All Blacks to 14 men. They had the ball deep in New Zealand territory. Then everything went wrong. They think they had a penalty against them and they went up the other end of the field. The All Blacks scored and after that it was pretty much one-way traffic. The All Blacks are multiple world champions. They're pretty much the best team in world rugby uh, and they are still light years ahead of Australia but Australia hasn't beaten the All Blacks at auckland's eden park in 35 years so there were some encouraging signs uh, for australia but honestly they made too many stupid uh, mistakes and you know two intercept tries against new zealand playing at eden park you just don't get away with that but there are encouraging signs the rugby world championship has started now and that includes australia new zealand south africa and argentina uh, it's a young Australian side, but you've got to admire the All Blacks. They are just so good. And they pretty much, they're, you know, they're, they're like the Brazil of, uh, of football. You know, they just play with lots of flair and they are a kind of streets ahead of uh, a lot of the other teams out there. But I've got hope that uh, Australia will improve and and maybe get a win over South Africa in an upcoming match. They will play New Zealand again in Perth. That's coming up towards the end of this month.
1: Jason, I'm sure you can recall as well, the All Blacks have been a dominant force, not only in rugby, but also across all sports. They just transcend sport.
0: Yeah, they're a great brand. You know, I really like uh, the way that they play. I actually like New Zealand sports teams. Australian sports teams can tend to be a bit cocky, you know, a bit aggressive. Uh, New Zealand just gets the job done with a minimum of fuss.
1: They certainly do. We've been in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, joining us all the way from Australia. Jason, always a pleasure speaking to you. And uh, stay safe. And uh, hopefully the situation with the coronavirus and the Delta variant improve in the days to come.
0: Yeah, thanks very much, Adrian. And just a quick word. If uh, Singapore people want to get some kind of distraction or diversion, I would recommend the new Hugh Jackman film. Hugh Jackman, an Australian actor, has been in the media this week talking about Reminiscence, which is set in Miami. Hopefully it's on the screens there in Singapore soon, I would say, would be a good one to go and have a look at. But hope everyone there stays safe, stays positive, and let's get through this together. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app.